You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday afternoon, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment. Wayne, I, was, I sort of woke up this morning and I thought, oh, gosh, my calendar on my phone has, has changed. It's now the first of the seventh month of 2020. Yes. And although people will say, well, that's because you're getting old and you think that the time goes a little bit quicker, but it's been an incredible six months. And I thought about you and I, we're more or less the same age, I think. And yes. The, if, if you take our life expectancy, Wayne, and you take six months and you divide it by how many years we've got left, it's quite a big chunk compared to when we were 25. So the six months Definitely, that has just gone yes. is very important to me. I don't know about you. Yes. No, I agree with you on that. That, that is quite a, a noticeable percentage of estimated time left, yes. It's been interesting, to say the least. Well, interesting. I, I think in the 30 to 35 years that I've been mucking about with the markets in various forms, I think it's probably in the in the top three most interesting six months of my career. What about you? Yeah, yeah. And it's not so much the bear market. We've seen bear markets before. We've seen markets collapse 40% before in very quick space. Yes. But I've never seen two things, such a big recovery so quickly and such economic devastation yes quickly yes it remains to be seen whether the economic recovery can mirror the stock market recovery in terms of a v-shaped recovery what do you what do you think about that because i the reason i say this is because i was watching bbc today and there's a shop called upper crust which to Uh me epitomizes What's happening? Because Upper Crust has uh, little cubicles at uh, railway stations, etc., and it sells sandwiches to people as they wait for their train. It's retrenching, or rather sacking, 5,000 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of families. And that is is devastating. It's just one little shop. So I just think to myself, maybe the economic recovery is not going to be as, as quick as the stock market recovery. Look, I agree with you there. I think it's going to take two years Mm. for the world's economy to get back to where it was last year. But one thing is for sure, the initial recovery of such a low base will be phenomenal. So let's let's just use use an example. If the economy last year was 100, it's fallen to 80 now. Mm -hmm. So it can go from 80 to 90 very quickly of such a low base. But to go from 90 back to 100 is going to take the two years. So the initial surge will be astonishing. I mean, you can just take it. Motor vehicle sales were zero. So you're working on a base of zero. So any increase in that is, it's, it's massive. So, you know, as it's our, our economy now, we don't know yet. We've got the first quarter number. It's minus 2%. Yes. And our guys are estimating minus 8 for the year. And the finance minister was estimating minus seven and a half. But I read an article this morning where um, a well-known company, their directors at a presentation said what they see is not minus eight. It's significantly worse. So we left to wait. But let's just say it's minus eight. Next year will be about plus five. And in the following year, it'll probably be about a plus three or plus four. Right. And but even then, you're only back to where you were last year. Exactly. So you've I mean, essentially, if you draw a line through it, you've just mm. trod water for a year. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. and that's the last thing. Certainly, yeah, in South Africa, that's the last thing we see, because what what 
what will not go back to where it was last year in two years' time is unemployment. I mean, unemployment is going to be structurally higher for a sustained time period unless the government does things correctly. Now, I mean, as, you, as, you, as we spoke about earlier on, you and I have been discussing markets and we have known each other for decades now. It's the first time in my life as a market commentator, stroke, whatever you want to call me, where I now realize there is a clear, distinct possibility of South Africa defaulting on our loans and having to go mm. to the IMF or the World Bank cap in hand yes. unless we change the way we do things in South Africa. We've had 25 years, to, Wayne, to, to change things, and it hasn't yet happened. And yeah. I know that's just um, one generation, but it, I think yeah. it will be dead and buried and gone, but our descendants will perhaps see it in 25 years' time or in 50 years' time. But at the moment, I don't see any hope of us ever seeing a South African GDP at 5 6% and unemployment coming down from 30% to 20% or 15%. What do you think? Yeah, look, it's very difficult to be, to be optimistic. Look, I think we can, I hope, I think, I hope we can not default on our loans and somehow dodge uh, Argentina, Zimbabwe situation. But if we don't change what we're doing, it is literally only a question of time. I do agree, and I don't want to sound alarmist, I do agree with the finance minister, it's not imminent. It's mm. not next year. Right. We've probably got five or ten years still to sort it out, but if we don't, we, we will be doing that. And then you're talking about us you know, getting on in years and six months of our life of, of, is a long time as a percentage of the time we got left. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I'm going to see, I don't think you and I will see investment grade in our lifetimes. I, I really don't think it's, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I would be ecstatic if it does, but the more I think about it, I think that, you know, it's going to take two decades to go back to investment grade. I mean, your debt is, you know, we, let's just not, let's put Moody's aside and how long they took to change their minds. But effectively, we were downgraded at about 55% debt to GDP. I mean, it's going to be 90. If we do things right, it's going to be 90% of GDP. So, you know, I, I just, maybe I'm being too pessimistic. You know, maybe we can go back to in investment grade in a decade. But if I'm right there, that would be taking the high road, eh? Yes, you're quite right. Let's look back at the six months that have just gone by, which is an enormous chunk of our future life expectancy. I'm looking at these ones now, and I'm, I'm, I'm choosing a couple. Let's start with the JSE Top 40 Index. Quarter to date, uh, sorry, month to date, 7.8% higher. Quarter to date, mm. up 23.2%. Year to date, only down 1.3%, okay, which That's is pretty enough. good. Uh, the JSE Gold mm. Index, I have to pick this one out. Month to date, yeah, up, tw- up 20 Quarter to date up 68%, year to date 74.6% yeah. higher. And a year ago, in other words, the 12 month performance is 153.5% yeah, higher. Double, yeah. That's not bad. Uh, property on the downside, yeah. um, a year ago, 44.6%, year to date down 40%. And if we go overseas, mm. the NASDAQ, which is the one that stands out for me, 
12.1% year-to-date up, and a year ago it was 23.1% lower than it is now, and that's uh, uh, excluding today, of course. There have been some astonishing moves. Yes, there's unquestioned. There's no question about that. And, you know, even if we have a massively quick recovery and it only takes six months for the world economy to recover, the stock market still recovered too quickly, too soon. Mm. And I mean, it's not going to take six months for the world's economy to recover. It's just not. We literally, I mean, I, I did a quick exercise. And admittedly, this is all theoretical. Right. But in theory, in my view, output, the economic value of output has been hit between 10 and 15% permanently. It's the same in every recession. You you, you lose so many years' growth. You lose so much output. So in other words, in theory, the stock market should be between 10 and 15% lower than what they were before the virus came along. Right. And then as the, as the economy recovers, the stock markets recover from that level. And yet there's nothing like that. And, you know, maybe, I mean, obviously, I'm totally and utterly misunderstanding free money. Cheap money, free money. I mean, it just, we've seen it for the first time really in 2008. Previously, you just saw lower interest rates, whereas now you see zero interest rates and massive, massive input of free cash. So maybe I just, you know, don't understand how it can swamp every other concern you've got. Money's cheap and plentiful enough. Nothing else matters. The stock market goes up. Now, I know there's been lots of stories about day traders coming in and swamping the market during the lockdown and how they've been responsible for a massive proportion of the daily trade. I still don't think that's reason enough for the stock market. I mean, the stock market's significantly bigger than any day trading that, that that's going on. But nevertheless, it's a free money. It's day trading. It's hope of economic recovery. It's all of these things put together. You can't buy property anymore because that looks catastrophic. Mm. You know, throw a bit of money at gold and throw money at the stock market and that just goes up. When it comes to free money, Wayne, I mean, let's uh, I'll give you a simple example because I like to bring things down to anecdotal level. Let's say that I've, I'm in Johannesburg next week and I said, Wayne, would you like to go for some chicken livers, uh, peri-peri, and a glass of red wine with me? And I'll pay. And I pay for that. And then the, a week later I say, can I give you another free lunch? Uh, we're going to have chicken livers, peri-peri, and a glass of red wine. It'll be it'll be jolly good fun. And you start to think to yourself, this is a little bit suspicious. Something is has got to come back at me and bite me. And that's exactly what mm. I think the central bank situation is, although it's been going yeah. on for years. At some stage, surely it's going to bite surely back. Surely there must be a price. Yes, yeah. exactly. And we don't There's no know, such thing as a free lunch. We don't know that mm. Yes, exactly right. But we just... We literally don't know. The only thing that I would be, well, let, 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 me, rephrase, let, let, let me rephrase that. Yes. If there is an outcome, it's negative. If there is a cost to pay, it's negative. But clearly, in my view, you're not going to see that cost for the next three, five, eight years mm. because ultimately the bad news must be rising inflation. I mean, ultimately, all of this free money, if it's going to become a problem, the problem will be inflation and and consequently higher interest rates. So that's, that's, and the devaluation of, I don't know the devaluation of what, because every single 
country has printed money. It's not as though one country is printed and the rest have been frugal. Mm. You know, so you, you can you can argue that it'll be a debasement of paper money, but whose paper money? Because everyone's printing. So relative to each other, you know, no one's worse off or better off. So ultimately the cost will be inflation, but you cannot see it in the medium term because you know, we're speaking the whole time here about how long it's going to take for the world's economy to recover. People's confidence have been, has been dented by this experience, as it's dented by every downturn. You know, you don't just all of a sudden start spending again and start traveling again. Of course, I might be wrong. You know, if there is a virus and it's rolled out, people will travel and they will spend and they will fly on airplanes because they say there's no danger. But until that happens... You know, even if all restrictions are, are, are lifted, you know, half half of the people in the world are above average have above average concern about the effect on their health, and those that half just will travel distinctly less, won't go on holidays, won't stay in hotels, won't go out to restaurants as much, won't go to cinemas, won't go to casinos, even if they're open, they just won't go. You know, so. You know, I think this is going to take longer, but there will be a virus. There will be a a, a, a cure for the virus. It will, they will, it will clearly come out with the vaccine at some stage. But if it's in a year's time, or six months, or two years' time, you know, until then, even if all restrictions are lifted, economic activity is not going to return to normal because people's attitude to life and normality has changed. Yeah. We don't know what's going to go on, Wayne, but we've we've got a fairly good idea. We may be off the mark for uh, for a while, but I think a lot of people are now uh, sitting down. A lot of very clever people are sitting down now and saying, "My investment philosophy is going to be shifting a little bit from what I've been used to to what." I'm going to be used to in the future. I'm just looking at a snapshot between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock today on the Stock Exchange News Service. At 10 to 4, it says the following. Sassel, progress with asset sales and further cautionary announcement. Uh, The share price down around about 1%. You put out something this morning on your Twitter account about oil oil companies' uh, impairments and write-downs, etc. Can you explain that to us, please? Look, when when, when you own an asset... You value it as as it's at its economic output. So if you own a big factory, you say how much money can this factory make over its lifetime, and you present value that to today, and that's the and that's the valuation you put on that asset on your balance sheet. Now, all com- oil companies have been saying that uh, their assets are valued at sixty dollars, which is their long term forecast for oil. Right. But now they're all saying, oh, hang on, the long-term forecast for oil is maybe 45 or $50 a barrel. So therefore, we must take an impairment. It's a non-cash impairment, but we must nevertheless take an impairment on our asset values. And there's some massive numbers there. I mean, total BP, I mean, these guys are writing off 10 to $20 billion. And it seems likely that Sassel will also take a cash write-down a non-cash write-down of all of their assets, Secunda, Lake Charles, because if you're valuing those assets, there's a difference between you using a $45 price and a $60 price. I don't think it makes any difference to the share price at all. It's just a it's a non-cash restatement of your balance sheet, but obviously it affects what gearing you've got. It affects how you look at the company 
et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I find that quite interesting. And then when I look at uh, other things as well, it's another company delisting from the JSC. I mean, you probably remember ELB in the old days. What is that? Yes. It, uh, um, no, Bateman. Bateman, yeah, exactly. Firm intention announcement by ELB in respect of an offer to shareholders and the delisting of ELB from the JSC. That's not a big thing because no one trades it anymore. Uh, share price at 50% yeah, today. Uh, but you probably remember trading it when you first uh, cut I your did. teeth. I actually remember E.L. Bateman, well, he's to manage their pension fund. I've been to their factory in the East Rand many, many occasions, in fact. Eh? Yes. So this was a big engineering company in the 90s. Yes. Um, but now is the time where you are going to actually have write-offs. You're going to actually have companies being delisted because the share prices are so cheap. And it's going to be smallish companies, obviously. There's probably going to be companies that, Let's call it family-associated companies like E.L. Bateman, mm. you know, where the, where, where the family still owned a reasonably large proportion of the shares and you just buy out at these cheap prices and you delist, you know, especially if it didn't help. But we've seen a few delistings now and they're all saying, you know, why we listed, it didn't really help with our trade, it didn't really help with our liquidity. And it's expensive. You don't really need to raise capital, it's very expensive. Mm. Look, look, the big reason, the big reason why you actually list, well, there's two big reasons. The big, the first reason is you get a price for your company. It's quoted. It's there. It's in black and white. And secondly, if you want to buy or sell, I mean, obviously some companies don't have big trade, but if you want to buy or sell, no matter what the price is, you can do it in a reasonably short time period. Whereas delisted, Unlisted, you know, it's not so easy to value your company and to raise money and to get uh, cash based on the equity value of your company. But if it's a relatively small family-owned business, it doesn't really matter. Another one here. There are two trading statements, I think. The two companies are linked, Stadio and Kuro Holdings Limited. Yes. Um, voluntary business update at 2 o'clock this afternoon from Kuro. Uh, the share price down 1%. And Stadio came out with a trading update this morning. Difficult time yes. for people who want to educate their children but don't have the money to do so. Very, very difficult times, in fact. Yeah. And look, I actually like the, the concept of Stadio. Well, they're all related. Mm. Uh, Stadio, Kuro, I like the concept. They were giving affordable private education. So it wasn't a, I don't even know what the price is now, but let's call it 150,000 rand a year private school. Yeah. And yet it was better than the government school. And you had a price, you had price ranges from 40 to 60,000 or 20 to 40,000, whatever the numbers were. So I actually thought there was unlimited runway for these guys. I thought they would, they would coin it. They just, I thought they couldn't build schools quick enough. And yet it didn't, you know, it sort of first couple of years went extremely well, but the last two or three years, they actually haven't been able to do it. They haven't been able to just build schools as quickly as, as what is, what was humanly possible and fill them up. They've had a few difficulties filling them up. And now of course, with the COVID and no one's paying, if your child's not going to school, you're not paying school fees. Because you're not getting a service for it. Why? Why must you pay school fees? No, you're getting you're getting no service for it. So they will battle. But it was interesting on the Stadio one. They had some long story about um, training future chartered accountants in a company they bought. 
and the enrollment was much bigger than anticipated, mm-hmm. which sounds like good news, and yet they had to write something off. And I, I, I read it twice, and I didn't understand a single word they were saying. <laughs> if you don't understand, because, I've got no chance. Yeah, because they said, they said core earnings actually look reasonable, yeah. but headline earnings is actually a loss because of this extremely complicated story about this company they, they bought that was doing better than what they thought it was going to do. But because it was doing better than what they thought it was going to do, they've got to put a charge through the income statement, which makes a loss. I mean, as I said, I read it twice. I, I, and maybe, maybe I, I didn't pay enough attention, but I didn't know what on earth they were talking about. Well, it sounds really boring to me, Wayne. Anyway, listen. Yeah, it was an accounting thing, yeah. Exactly. It's probably Shapiro. Isn't he a chartered accountant? Yeah, so am I, but I didn't understand it. I've got no chance. Wayne, it's July the 1st. We've got another six months ahead of us. Can you possibly predict what the next six months holds for the JSC Securities Exchange, the world's markets, uh, the world's economies? Because I, I, I'd love to give an opinion, and I'll say this, this, and this, but no. even now, I'm not going to open my big mouth and say anything. No, look, what do you I'm, say? I'm prepared to open it. I, I, I think then. a couple of things. The economy will recover. We are going to survive this virus. It might take two years to get back to where we were last year, but it will recover. Secondly, more than likely going to have a stronger rand in the next six months. Not massively so, but more than likely a stronger rand in the next six months. But the prediction I'm most confident about mm. is that the stock market is not going to go down 40 and up 40% in this six months, I hope. So? I hope. All right, then. So, so it's going to stabilize and stay within a range I because think, that's I what I'm seeing at the S&P at the moment. I look at the S&P we, and I we, say to myself, it is staying within a range. It's not bursting to the yeah, upside. I, I it's not breaking down to, to the downside. It, yeah, will will that be the theme look, for the next six months? I think it could possibly break to the downside, but not massively, so 10%, 15%. Mm. But the big recovery is over. Now, you're not going to see another six months with 30% return on the market or 20% return. The big recovery has happened. Okay, that's it. So we've had the knee-jerk reaction. We had the V-shaped recovery, and now it's just steady as she goes. You know, as a broadcaster, I've been I've been quite excited about what's been going on, but um, actually I could do with a little less excitement for the next six months and put my feet yeah, up Yeah, we need less excitement. Boring's good, yeah. Oh, I love boring, yeah. Uh, boring is the new yeah. normal. Wayne, thank you so much for your time this evening. It's okay, Wayne McCurry, yeah. who is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.